Hey mamas, I'm Alyssa, registered dietitian, picky eating specialist, and mama of two. You're listening to the Nutrition for Littles podcast, aimed at helping you raise healthy, independent eaters. Each week, we will tackle topics like picky eating, mealtime struggles, baby led weaning, and so much more. Let's jump right into today's topic. Hey, hey, and welcome back to the podcast today. We are continuing on our back to school series and just kind of chatting through some of the things that uh, back to school brings, right, which is stress, but also excitement. And there's so much going on. And I know it can feel like a lot of pressure to get your kid ready and to do all the things and prepare. But, you know, at the end of the day, I want you to know that you are doing an amazing job and your child learns best from experiencing things and watching things happen and unfold right in front of them. And sometimes I think as moms, if you're anything like me, we can get caught up in a lot of the, what should I do? I didn't do this. I didn't do that. I, you know, I didn't prepare them enough, right? And although, of course, preparation is key and helpful and um, an incredible tool, it's also okay if they're not perfectly prepared for every situation, they're going to figure it out. And I think the biggest thing as parents that we can teach our kids is how to be resourceful, how to figure out things that they aren't given the direct answers to. I don't know about you, but I have a strong desire to teach my kids critical thinking and advocating for themselves and you know, being put in any situation and know several different options on how to get out of it or how to enhance it or how to help others in those situations. And so a lot of times that comes with being put in the situations that they're not prepared for. So just know this is not a right or wrong, all or nothing kind of situation. This is, yeah, we do what we can and we prepare them and we help them feel comfortable and confident so they can show up to the first day of school or the first week of school or the first month of school or school in general feeling prepared But at the end of the day, you can't be prepared for everything. And so really supporting them and encouraging them, even when things don't go perfectly, um, is really helpful. And also teaching them ways to figure it out, right? And so I think that's really important and oftentimes missed in our um, culture sometimes. But that's my personal opinion. So with that in mind, today we're going to talk a little bit about school readiness uh, around lunchtime, right? I'm a dietitian. I'm not talking about like Should they be able to write their name or should they be able to know all their animal sounds or whatever that might look like? That is for another podcast. Here on this podcast, I'm talking about nutrition. We're talking about lunchtime. We're talking about snack for back to school. Now, when I say back to school, I mean, of course, school, like in the most traditional sense, but I also mean daycare, you know, going to preschool, going even to a nanny's house or having a nanny come to them and you're not around, you know, just having them be a little bit more self-sufficient when it comes to food that they're eating, that you're packing for them, or even maybe that they're buying at school lunch. So we're just going to touch on some of the things that you could prepare them for at home before school starts or even during those first few weeks to get them a little bit more um, self-sufficient, like I said, but also feeling a little more confident in the school lunchroom or whatever that looks like, right? And so around lunch, some key things would definitely be learning how to locate their lunch in, in its entirety, right? So most of us are probably packing their lunch in like 
one container like oh they just grab their lunchbox and go some of us might have their lunchbox and then there's the utensils are on the side separate or their water bottle is on the side and separate so we want to teach them hey when it's lunchtime especially if you're leaving your classroom which doesn't always happen in every school or every grade level but if they're leaving their classroom they need to be able to locate and grab everything they need for lunch and bring it with them. Now, in my son's school for first grade, oh my gosh, I'm going to cry. Um, he is, they actually eat lunch in their classroom. So he will have everything with him. He can always just like grab it if he needs it, right? But that's not the case for every um, every situation. And I also know teachers have different rules about getting up and moving around and doing all the things, especially with little kids. I mean, hats off to all the teachers trying to control 24 kids at once or however many there are in your class. I could not imagine. I remember, sorry, side note, but I remember my son was in daycare when he was littler before I uh, stayed at home full time. And his daycare teacher sent me a picture of him napping and I could see all the kids in the background napping too. And I was like, how? Like, how are you doing that? Please teach the parents how you are getting, I think there was like 12 kids in his class or whatever, and like two teachers or three teachers maybe. And because I think it was three to one. I can't remember the ratio. But anyways, I was literally like, you need to be teaching a class or a seminar on how you get all these kids to sleep at the same time. So all that to say, back to my original statement, is we want to make sure that they're able to locate their lunch, grab everything they need for lunchtime and get it um, where they need to go to actually eat the lunch. From there, of course, also teaching them how to unzip, unsnap, un. I don't know, curl, whatever your lunchbox does to close, snap, or be contained, teaching them how to do those things. These are like that fine motor skill that sometimes gets lost, right? Like especially like a snap or something like that. Um, or my husband was like, man, I remember my brown bag, like, you know, like un, like tucking it from being like curled up into a little handle almost, right? So just teaching them how to actually open their lunch sack, um, however that is, and practicing with them how to do that. And then taking everything out, maybe even unbuckling or unclasping um, their lunch box, like the actual thing containing the food, if you have one of those. So things like that. And then you want to go towards like opening the containers of food, right? So Ziploc bags. I mean, I don't know about you guys, I can count on one hand how many times my kids have like opened their own Ziploc bags, right? They're they're not easy opened, let alone closed. Lordy, like I can hardly do that half the time. So anything like a Ziploc bag, even those stasher bags are pretty hard to zip. So I've actually swapped. It's a little more expensive, I will say, but I have swapped to the Ziploc bags that we throw away um, to the like slider ones versus the like you know what I'm talking about? I'm doing the motion with my hand. I know you can't see it, but like the push to close <laughs> instead of that using like the slider ones. So if you're using any sort of um, disposable bags, you could look for those. I have seen some reusable bags as well that just have like a zipper top or um, some of them do have that slider top that are reusable that I've just recently seen. Um, so you could invest in some of those. Of course, they're a little more expensive on the front end, but save you money long term if your kid brings them back, right? <laughs> but the zipper ones, I mean, you have to be mindful that you can't be putting anything liquidy or wet in there without it probably leaking out. Like even like wet grapes that you just washed that morning, the water's going to seep out a little bit, which is fine. But just as a heads up on that. So teaching our kids how to open those type of containers, things like pouches, even snack wrappers, like a we have like those um, scout bars I've talked about before, but opening like the scout bar, like 
ripping that package open, I remember I felt like the I felt like parenting changed the moment I realized my son knew how to open a package. I was like, everything's different now. Everything's different now. So moms, if you have small kids who you don't feel like can quite do this yet, it changes everything. Like literally at this point now, we'll be <clears throat> I don't even know. Like I'll be working or whatever. And you know, it's snack time and I will be able to give my son a bag of something and he can open it and delve it out to his little sister. Like praise the Lord. <laughs> Incredible. It just feels so good. So hold out mama, there is hope. I want to take a quick second and remind you of my free picky eating guide. If you haven't downloaded this guide yet, take a second and click the link in the show notes below and download your copy today. It's eight pages long and you'll learn the five pillars of parenting a picky eater that not only make this podcast make way more sense, but it'll also help you jumpstart a more peaceful experience at the table. The best part is it's absolutely free and will be delivered directly to your inbox. All right, now back to the show. Of course, with any food packages, you know, just think about some of the things you're going to be putting in their lunch and have them practice at home a few times here or there or teach them the skills. Like I remember actually sitting down and teaching my son, do you see these little like teeth marks in the uh, package? You want to rip this way, right? And then as he gets older, he'll be able to pull it open like a civilized adult. (laughs) That's how I like to open all my packages, but he's not quite strong enough yet. So it's easier for him to just like rip it down the top. So something like that, raisin boxes, if you guys are going to be sending those with your kids, um, can be a little difficult. So teaching them ways to open that. Um, And of course, drinks, right? So opening their water bottle, we had these water bottles that I absolutely loved, but the lid, like the top where the straw straw part came up was really hard to actually push up. Like it was just very secure which is nice because it's not popping up all the time, but it's actually kind of hard for kids to get open. So making sure they can do things like that or unscrewing lid tops, um, putting the, oh my gosh, the straw into the juice box, all those sorts of things, right? So just just keeping out. And it doesn't have to be the, the, this big lesson, right? Like, oh, from eight to four, we're teaching you how to do this. No, no, no. It's just like during lunchtime already or during dinner time already, have some of these items available so your kid can practice and just see how they do, right? And it's okay if they struggle a little bit, let them figure it out ask for help if they need to, all those sorts of things. Um, and then give them hints and tips and tricks on how to do it uh, can be really, really helpful. So uh, of course, opening the containers, all those sorts of things are really, really helpful. And then you also want to um, teach them what stays at school or like gets tossed in the trash and what comes home, right? So this is a really pivotal step because I don't know about you, but I have invested money in like lunchtime accessories and I don't necessarily want to be the one that has like hundreds of dollars going to school every week, but I I am. And so of course it's nice because it saves us money long term and things last longer and they're nicer and I think you typically keep things cool longer and all the things. But also like if my kid throws his $64 lunchbox in the trash I'm I'm mad, right? Like I'm mad. he's not going to college. I don't know. Like there's a whole thing. And so teaching them, hey, what comes home and what stays there is really helpful. A way that I have found this to be really helpful is to tag it some way. So, you know, we use some labels in our household with our kids' initials and names on them. So anything that has their name on it or initials on it comes back home. And anything that doesn't gets thrown in the trash. Or you can simply just use a permanent marker. Anything with a green dot on it gets thrown in the trash, right? So you could just put a green dot on their sandwich bag 
Or if you want to be super secure about it, just tell them everything comes home. Like you put everything back in your bag and it comes home, especially for these first few years. But it's really important, right? Like we don't want our utensils, plastic utensils, even if they're only a buck or whatever, get thrown in the trash every day. Like that's exhausting and tiring and frustrating. And nine times out of 10, your kid's going to come home and you're like, where's this? And they're be like, I don't know. So you don't know if they threw it away or if it's in their backpack or if it's stuck at school or if you've already washed it and you didn't even notice, right? <laughs> or whatever that might be. So really having that conversation with them ahead of time is really helpful. Having a way for them to identify easily what gets thrown away and what comes home. Um, and then here too, just like a little side note, you get to decide if your kid brings home their scraps of food or if they throw them at the school. Um, of course, it's nice to have them bring it home because A, you get to like peek on what they actually ate, how that went, which is very helpful when it comes to packing lunches the next day or the next week and kind of just keeping in mind. Um, but also you could reuse stuff, right? Like if your kid doesn't even touch their grapes, you can just like pack it again on Friday or whatever um, and they're already washed and ready to go. So talk with your kid about what works best for your family, but um, that's really helpful. So generally my son... He's in first grade, like I said, so he's a little bit older. He's six. And we've talked with him like, hey, if if this is something that you're done with and like you've eaten off of, you can throw it away. But if there's like leftover grapes or stuff, bring those home. And he typically can understand that. But um, if if not or if you're you know still working that out, you can just tell him bring everything home. Like, don't even worry about it. OK, another one that I know parents are worried about or thinking about is, well, my kid eats forever at home. Like it takes you know, it takes us a half an hour or an hour to eat lunch. And at school, they don't have that time, right? And so, of course, we can practice this at home. We can use a sand timer or a visual timer. We can put a timer on the fridge, you know, give them five-minute beeps and let them know, like, hey, this is the pace of school. And you can let them know, hey, when you come home, we'll do snack time and you have as much time as you want to eat, right? Like, you can let them know, hey, there's a safe place where you have unlimited time to eat if you want. You don't have to do that either. But just as a FYI, if your kid's like a little anxious about not having enough time to eat. Um, but this is a really good thing to practice over time. And the other thing with this is you want to also let them know, hey, priority number one when it's lunchtime is to like fill your belly, eat your food, fill up your belly, then you can go play or whatever the rules are in your school. Like I remember growing up, it was like, when you were done eating, you could go play on the blacktop and like, playground and stuff. So if that's the case for your kid, you need to let them know, hey, priority is to fill your belly because you won't be able to eat again until XYZ time. So letting them know this is how the day is structured um, is really helpful. Uh, it also just like for kids that are very social and want to talk to everyone at lunchtime, they might even be so distracted that they don't eat their lunch. So don't be, don't be alarmed if your kid comes home with like nothing eaten out of their lunch or it feels like not enough because it might be that they're getting distracted. So it just might need to be some more conversation, some more practice at home um, in some of those things. And maybe even having a conversation with the teacher or the aide or anyone who's watching over lunchtime, being like, hey, can you remind my kid to eat? Um, fill up their belly first and then talk with their friends, whatever that looks like. And then the other thing too here, I think we worry about it, is that they will regulate. It might take a few days. It might take a few like hard days of them coming home hangry and ready for a snack. But over time, <clears throat> having a meal or snack schedule inside the school and outside the school, it is really helpful to have that schedule and they will regulate to it. It might take a little time. It might be a little hard, you know, a few hard days here and there. But overall, it is really um it will regulate for them and they will learn this is the time they need to eat. So there's all sorts of different types of hunger. And one of the types of hunger our little ones will learn in their life is what's called anticipatory hunger. And so what that means is, hey, I'm not going to be able to eat next hour because I have school, I have class, I have a meeting, I have to get in the car and drive somewhere or whatever it might be. 
So I need to eat now, even though I'm not necessarily hungriest now. And that is a skill that they will learn over time. I mean, that's just like adapting to human life, right? We can't all drop everything we're doing the second we want and eat. And we also can't expect our school to accommodate, you know, 24 kids or maybe even the whole school to eat when they're each individually hungry. Um, for lunch at least, right? Like some schools allow snacking in class. Some most don't, I think still, but um, just a heads up on that. So they will regulate. It might take time, but uh, they can do it and you can prep it a little bit more at home. All right, you guys, here I am yet again telling you about something that I slept on for way too long. So have you heard of Daily Harvest before? Because I'd heard about it for probably years before I actually decided to try it. And once I tried it, I am never going back. First of all, Daily Harvest sends you a shipment of a ton of freezer ready meals or even smoothies, which happened to be my favorite. There's also soups in there and side dishes and full on meals that you can make at any time. Daily Harvest has saved me more times than I can count where I'm just having a hard day and need to make something really quickly, or I don't have dinner planned or the plan that I had for dinner completely got messed up or I'm hungry in the middle of the day and I just need a freaking smoothie, but I don't have the time to put it all together myself. For those of you who may not know about Daily Harvest yet, this is a service where you can order these frozen meals with impeccable ingredients, whole foods, and delicious combinations coming right to your door, practically ready to eat. You just throw them in the oven, maybe even the microwave, heat them up on the stove, or put them in your blender and they are ready. And I just can't tell you how much I wish I could have gone back, especially in those early days of becoming a new mom, wishing I had a service just like this and that I wouldn't have slept on it for so long. There's a reason why a lot of people are talking about this. I absolutely love Daily Harvest and their options. Um, I'm going to leave a link down in the description box. You can check them out, learn more. You can actually save 40% with my code. So I'll drop that down in the description box as well. I hope you give them a try and you don't wait like I did. Let me know what you think. Uh, the smoothies are probably one of my favorite things they make, but I also have been really loving their harvest bakes and I've been loving their flatbreads soups and their little bites have been really fun to have in the freezer as well. All right, let me know if you try them. Remember to use my code for 40% off. The link will be down in the description box as well. And now back to the show. Okay. The next thing I want to talk about is kind of a big topic in it of itself. I actually do have a reel on this. Um, it might have actually already been posted by the time this episode comes out. Um, I don't have my timelines down, <laughs> but um, essentially is having a conversation with your kid around food allergies. So whether your kid or your family has food allergies or this is the first time they're hearing about it, it's really important to just open the doors to that conversation. We don't want to scare our kids, of course, but we do want to let them know that this is a serious topic. And I remember as a kid, like just swapping snacks, man, like go into the lunch cafeteria and people like, I have this ho-ho and I have these grapes and I have, you know, whatever. And like put it in the middle and people would like swap food all the time. And although that's fun and like makes good memories, it could also be very dangerous depending on who's at that table. So just being mindful and having those conversations about what is safe, what isn't, what questions to ask, what things to recognize who to ask, right? Like the teacher, like, hey, is this okay? Or maybe it's just a boundary that you're like, no, no swapping snacks. Like, no, right? But you need to tell them why. Because if you just say no swapping and then everyone else is doing it at the table, they're not going to understand the dangers of it, right? So we just want to maybe open up that conversation, start having easy, um, open communication, I should say, 
around this topic. So I do have a reel, like I said, I believe it's already posted. So yeah, it's got to be. <laughs> you guys, if you knew how chaotic my content life was, you would not even believe it. But that's where we're at. But I'm here to help you and serve you. And <laughs> sometimes that means just fitting it in where it goes, not necessarily making a huge plan. So um, that being said, I believe I already have a reel on my Instagram page. You can go check it out about how to deal and talk about allergies with your little ones without like scaring them, scarring them. And that's whether your kid has allergies or you're just helping them be aware of other kids that have allergies. Um, I partnered with uh, one of my creator, one of my favorite creators on Instagram, who's a parenting account, and she is so incredibly helpful. Uh, and I will maybe I'll tag her down below so you can see that there there as well. But anyways, that reels up. But having that conversation is super important. And I, I mean, so far we're not an allergy family. But I know that this is a conversation I have with my son frequently because people are, you know, allergic, very seriously allergic that they might need serious medical care um, and or even minor medical care, <laughs> just being respectful of people around you and knowing that that's a possibility. So paying attention to that is a really great way to um, prep them at home for school lunch, snack time, all those sorts of things. Okay. And finally, we're going to wrap up this episode with with what I think is probably the most important thing to teach your kid. Um, so of course I saved it for last, right? Is teaching them how to advocate for themselves teaching them how to ask for help, right? And this goes with everything, of course, in childhood and in being in school, but especially around lunchtime, like if they can't open their juice or they can't open their Ziploc bag and eat their sandwich, like ask for help because otherwise they're not eating. And if they're not eating, they're probably not able to pay attention as well in school and they're not learning and getting all the things that they need to get, right? We know that they're going to come home hungry and hangry and difficult. And it's just going to be like this downward spiral all because they didn't know how to open up their plastic bag or they could do it at home, but you know, under pressure with other kids, all of a sudden they couldn't do it or it was like twisted on a little bit too tight. So asking for help advocating for yourself, super important to teach your kids. So of course, this can look like finding the teacher or aide who's in charge of lunch, raising your hand, walking up to them, whatever that looks like, um, and asking them for help to open their lunch. Now, I will say in most daycare settings that I've seen and heard of, most, and now COVID may have changed this, to be fair, but most teachers are already like getting their own lunch out for each kid and like putting it in front of them. That's actually one of the reasons why daycare teachers have reached out to me saying they love the Bentco box, lunchbox, because the inner tray comes out. And so they don't need like the whole big container. They can just like put the tray in front of the kid and have them eat from it, right? So it's like all right there, very easy, very accessible. So just teaching them who to ask help, ask for help from, but also how to ask, right? Like how to be polite and ask for help in a specific thing that they need help with. Um, of course, they can get help from friends, you know, at the table and things like that. But um, teachers are going to be very, very helpful in this situation, but just teaching them to advocate for themselves and reminding them that their needs need to be met and they are worthy of eating lunch and having that time, you know, to uh, fill up their bellies so that they can get back to playing and enjoying and learning and growing their brain, right? And knowing that all those things are connected. So uh, that is truly one of the best tips you can do because all the prep in the world won't help if your kid is stuck at lunch and can't open up their thermos, right? <laughs> they can't eat their lunch. So advocating and asking for help, super, super important. Okay. That's all I could think of for now. I'm sure a little stuff will pop up here and there. I'll share all my stories on Instagram. If you're not following me over there yet, go ahead and do that. Um, but if you think of any other, please DM me and let me know, um, specifically around eating, of course. And otherwise, I will catch you next week. 
Thank you so much for tuning in today. I hope you're walking away with some tangible ways to bring peace to your mealtimes. And if you like this episode, please subscribe and tell all your mom friends. And as always, the best compliment you can give me is leaving a rating and written review, which also helps other mamas like you find this podcast too. You can find more from me on Instagram at Nutrition for Littles. Do you have a question you'd like me to answer on the podcast? Email me at alyssa at nutritionforlittles.com. All right, until next time, mamas.